How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And we're going to be continuing on our study of 1 Corinthians. So please grab your Bibles, notepads, and pens. That's not the title card. Where's the title card? There it is. Title card verses. I don't know what words are. Okay, so here we are. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. It's one of those mornings. I haven't finished my coffee yet. All right. <laughs> okay, First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. And uh, we're going to be picking up where we left off here and taking a look at what it says, how it says, and how we can apply it to ourselves for our own learning. And uh, this chapter here, chapter 2, is kind of a shorter one, but it's got an awful lot. That's the thing that's a... Uh, beautiful about the word of god you could take a single verse you could even take a single word and you do a study on it and there's so much information and just as god himself is infinite in every aspect it the scriptures which came from him as he spoke these things the word of god is infinite just as he is you can never exhaust this book from from uh, Genesis to Revelation. You could spend, if you were able to, you could spend a billion trillion years studying the word of God. You still wouldn't even have scratched the surface. There's so much in here. You can never exhaust it. And, uh, and that from that itself, uh, we understand that God has an answer for everything. He has teaching instruction for absolutely everything. Such thorough, thorough, deep, uh, solid instruction for absolutely anything and everything you could ever possibly think of. And God has something for that. Whether a direct instruction on it or something by application or by um, uh, by, by lesson, there, there's so much. So we're going to be taking a look kind of into this topic in first corinthians chapter 2 about knowledge and wisdom and instruction and knowing uh, how to speak the word of god and speak the things of the lord so there's a lot in here so first corinthians chapter 2 so grab your bibles notepads and pens and grab your tea grab your coffee we're going to be studying the word of god and again if you have any uh, comments, questions, issues, insights regarding the study at hand, please, by all means, go ahead, ask away. If it's not related to the topic at hand, if you could just hold that to the end of the study as we want to try to limit our rabbit trailing as much as possible. Eh, as much as possible. So, we always do it anyways. Okay. Alright, so, following chapter 1 we see here in verse 25 i just want to back up a little bit because again to help un to help understand the context of what you're reading you need to back up and take a look at where you came from and go again through it slowly because as we see in scripture the chapter verse divisions and i want to be very specific on this the, the chapter divisions the verse divisions are not inspired by God. They were added. They were added by by the teachers and theologians and the writers and stuff, um, uh, the translators, uh, to help 
with searching scripture with the studying of it to be able to search it up find stuff easier it's like a tool an added tool to help with the study of it uh, the original books of scripture were letters flowing letters with no divisions like we have in chapter verse divisions so uh, many a time we see context flowing into the next chapter the next verse so always uh, back up and go and go ahead of where you're reading to get the full context make sure you didn't miss anything because chapter 2 is flowing on chapter 1 starting at verse 25 uh, about how the Lord uses the weak things the base things the foolish things of the world to confound the wise uh, so when we understand this like verse 27 God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise like we see the unlearned fishermen, the ignorant, unlearned fishermen. Now, really think upon that one for a moment. Use your sanctified imagination and think about this. You see Jesus walking by the, by, by the shore and he sees the fishing boats and the men there. They're cleaning their nets and doing their stuff. And Jesus starts speaking to them and it calls them to follow him. Now, these guys are, are fishermen by trade. They didn't have time, they don't have the money, they didn't have the ability to go for high education like the Pharisees and Sadducees and all the rest of them. These guys grew up in their father's trade and they took over their father's trade and this is all they ever knew. It's possible some of them may not have even really been able to read. So they don't really have much of an education, right? So they don't have degrees and diplomas. They don't have. They didn't finish grade twelve kind of thing. So these guys, starting at a very young age, generally as children, going out and helping their father kind of thing. Uh, so unlearned fishermen, ignorant fishermen. These guys confounded, dumbfounded, confounded the Sanhedrin. They were wiser. They had more knowledge of the scriptures, more understanding of the scriptures. And, and they're able to teach the scriptures better than these learned ones. Now, God uses the foolish things, the weak things, the basics. Now, why would he do this? Verse 29, that no flesh of glory in his presence to show the very power of God. And so understanding this, that it's not by our wisdom, not by our knowledge, it's not by our education, it's not by our degrees and diplomas, and and it's not by our schools, our Bible schools, any of those kinds of things, not by any of that, not by our books and catechisms and commentaries, it's not by any of that. Chapter 2, verse 1, and I, brethren, who's writing? Paul. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto the testimony of God. Now, Paul's actually kind of talked about this before. He mentions it, uh, how, how he's no orator. He has no ability with, with, with words. He's a very uh, poor spokesman. Uh, but however, the things that he does say are so weighty, have so much power that it catches you, even though he's not much of an orator. He's not really fancy with his lingo. He doesn't have much of an ability to string a phrase, but he has such power with his words. He speaks with authority and power, and the things he does say grabs your attention, and you listen to him. Not like us today, where 
Uh, you take a look at the social media, for example. Our attention spans are are our attention spans are like an adhd riddled kid uh, juiced up on red bull uh, we have like one second or like a nanosecond bit of attention and if something doesn't continuously grab our attention we're just going to scroll to the next thing and we have to be continuously entertained all right back then it was a bit different where they had a bit more attention they could listen to people uh, a bit more and especially individuals who didn't have fancy ability where today you have to have so many things to grab people's attention to keep them in to keep them listening to you because they want to be more entertained than listen to words now this uh, this all has something to do with what i'm, what I'm going to be talking about uh, when i came to you i came out with excellency of speech or of wisdom today we, we kind of look for people who really know what they're talking about and sound like they know what they're talking about and i hope i know what i'm talking about and i hope i sound like i know what i'm talking about uh but uh we have a picture in mind we have something in mind and we look for that one individual those kinds of people who will keep us wanting to listen to them it's not so much as listening to the very words listening to the doctrine they're saying but it's more in line of how they're saying because you look at some people like Joel Osteen, for example. He's an entertainer. He knows how to talk good. <laughs> me mother learned me who to spoke in me homie school education. But uh, Joel Osteen, he really knows how to put a, a phrase together. He knows how to talk. And with his enter entertaining behavior and his smile and his words and his philosophy and his vain deceit, he's able to really draw in a crowd. He has a lot of people listening into him. He, co he comes with excellency of speech. He comes with excellency of man's wisdom. You see... The big difference be, between man's wisdom and God's wisdom is that God doesn't need our ability to entertain. God's servants are not entertainers. God's servants don't come with the flashing lights and the tinsel and all this other stuff. No, that that's cults. That's of the devil and of men. You look at the Catholic Church and all that kind of thing. And you look, you look at all the cults. Cults always have to have a form of flamboyancy. Colors and lights and tinsel and silver and all this other stuff. The Son of Man comes in there's, with no beauty with which you desire of him. And he's and he grows up as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground with no form nor comeliness with which you desire. And he just blends in and there's nothing really striking about him. And Jesus could lose you in a crowd really easy. He just blends right in. You look at people like John the Baptist. He had nothing. He had nothing, but he had a fire. He had a zealousness. You see the Apostle Paul. He had a fire. He had a zealousness. He had, he had no ability of his own. You see the fishermen, Peter, and, and those, they had nothing but they had a fire and a zealousness. So where did the 
wisdom, the knowledge, the ability of scriptures come from for them. And, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. And this is Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Let's go over to Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. So beware, beware, and you see see the sign, you know, beware, you know, uh, dogs, or beware, there's a, a bear in the area, beware of of snakes or something, beware, to, to, to be aware, to know, to pay attention to what is being said, all because they may sound good, they know how to talk good, they know how to string a phrase, they, they know fancy lingo. They know fancy terms and terminology. You do realize that many heretics come using orthodox language, right? That they use orthodox language to make you think that they know what they're talking about, and to fool you into paying attention to them. So you want to pay attention to the words. You want to pay attention to what's being said. You want to pay attention to what's going on. You want to be aware and listen to what they're saying. When they're, when they're citing off philosophies, like Joel Osteen. When they're citing off the fancy terms and big words like cults do, like the, like the Orthodox and the Catholic and the Seventh-day Adventist and all the rest. When they're citing off big fancy words and terms. You know, when Jesus uh, talks about, uh, about how we're supposed to pray, and then we see later in Scripture, it talks about uh, 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 abstain from uh, vain repetitions. You know, vain repetitions is not just, you know, like the Hail Marys, you know, go through the beads and say the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over. But, uh, but praying and uh, uh, not using vain repetitions as the heathen do, this also takes into consideration about uh, uh, vain words, about putting on... Uh, when individuals are supposed to pray in the group and they, they stand up and they to pray in the group... And they pray abnormally than how they personally would if they were alone. They have to use big words and they have to use fancy speech. That's not praying honestly. That's not praying sincerely. It is, don't do that. Just to be yourself, be honest, and don't look to yourself. So we see in Colossians, beware lest any man spoil you to take advantage of, to use you, to grab your attention so that you would pay attention to them and you would heed them through philosophy and vain deceit. Like Kenneth Copeland, Joyce Meyer, Stephen Burdick, giving promises and saying, saying things that aren't true. After the tradition of men, where they would spoil, take advantage of you, that, that they would grab your attention, you would listen to them, and they're just teaching you, and they teach for doctrines, the traditions of men, like the Pharisees. People who use uh, their, their own writings, their own books. Now, we go to doctrine. Doctrine. What, do, what is doctrine? You say doctrine, and many people, their eyes immediately glass over as uh, they see doctrine and theology is, is dry. Doctrine is just the teachings of. Like, 
We see the person of Christ and the many doctrines, the teachings about the person of Jesus Christ, of who he is. Doctrine be like the, the person of Christ, the cross, meaning of grace, forgiveness itself, what is sin. Doctrines are the teachings. Now, whose doctrines? What doctrines? The doctrines of the Bible, the doctrines of Scripture, the doctrines of men. Now, I'm not... I don't mean to speak evil of anyone but by this but like for example as you know i'm not really much of a fan of john macarthur you may be go ahead i do believe john macarthur is a christian um he's just a little messed up on a couple couple things but john macarthur for example he preaches a lot of the traditions of men cessationism um hyper-Calvinism, the tulip theologies. And they hammer on these things and they teach it as doctrines of God, but it's traditions of men. You see, for example, like the Catholic Church, they teach traditions as doctrine. The, 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 uh, the rosary, the confessional, the statues, and the, the aves, and all this other stuff that they do. It's traditions, that, but they teach it as doctrines. You see, um, Many Christians angling after orthodox traditions, and, and uh, like they teach the teachings of Augustine. But Augustine was not a Christian. Augustine was not a Christian by any stretch of the imagination. Go read some of the things he says. Well, actually, don't. But he 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 was one of the fathers of of the uh, teachings and theologies and doctrines of the Roman Catholic Church. One of the, he was one of the main origins of it. Anyways, um, he teaches traditions. And people cite off Augustine, they cite off uh, Polycarp, they cite off Calvin as doctrines. And that you should follow these things. But that's not Bible doctrines, that's man's doctrines. Opinions and feelings and experiences and traditions as doctrines. As Jesus says, he teaches doctrines and traditions of men. To, to abstain from that, to avoid that. After the, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ, after the rudiments of the world, the, 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 the main feelings and goings about of the world, like progressive Christianity, for example, where they water down sin. So don't speak your feelings and opinions and other sources. Speak what the word of God says. Now, Paul says, and I came, uh, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. He didn't come in his own power and fanciness and abilities to try to sway you into what is the truth of God. Verse 2, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. But look at that verse 2. For First Corinthians chapter two verse two. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The only thing He cares about is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the person of Christ, the ways of Christ, the truth of Christ, the work of Christ. That's it. Now look at this. For I determined a determination, a set course. I'm not going to be moved. I'm not swaying from this. I don't care what comes. I'm not moving. You're going to have to move. Uh, a determination. 
For I determined not to know anything among you. Any, any other teaching, feelings, experiences, whatever, whatever have you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Let's take a look at 1 Timothy 4.16. 1 Timothy 4.16. 1 Timothy 4.16, take heed, take heed to listen. Stop what you're doing. Listen to this. Same kind of language as beware, be aware, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. So pay attention to what you're doing, where you're going, what you're giving yourself to, and the doctrine you're listening to. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So back up to verse 15, meditate upon all things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear appear to all. Take heed to thyself and unto the doctrine. Now, look at this. Every word is important in the word of God. Every single individual word is very important. He doesn't say, take heed unto thyself and unto doctrine. He doesn't say that. Look what it says. Now, it's the same same kind of language as you see back when Jesus is speaking in John 16, verse 8. No, 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 no. John 14. Wow, my brain just shut down. John 14, 6, I think it is. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way. Now, you notice he doesn't say I, I, I'm a way. He says I am the way. What does the mean in that context? I am the way, the truth, the life. The me me meaning by that context is singular. There is only one. I am the way. Look what he says. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. The doctrine. There's only one. And if you go over to, to 2 Peter and they go over to Timothy where it talks about uh, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And we see in uh, how it says that uh, all scripture, uh, how all scripture came from God and it's not open to personal interpretation. It's not open to personal interpretation. It's not open to interpretation. That, that what it says is what it means. What it says is what it means. Because, you see, many people can look at the Word of God and come up with differing doctrines. You see, some people uh, uh, who believe that spiritual gifts uh, are still available today and still occur today, and that miracles still occur today, which they do. And then there are individuals who believe that all spiritual gifts are gone and done, and there are no miracles, and that it's nothing but a dry knowledge war, like the cessationists. See, there's, people can pull out many differing and, and arguing doctrines out of the Bible, but when you take a look at what it says, and unto the doctrine, what it says is what it means, and your feelings are irrelevant. Your feelings, my feelings, opinions, experiences are absolutely, utterly irrelevant. What I think is irrelevant. My wisdom, my knowledge, my experiences is irrelevant. What this says is what this means. 
take heed unto the doctrine. Continue in them. Let's go back. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. What's he saying here? And I was with you in weakness. Now, we do know as we go through uh, the kind of things that Paul went through and the character he was. He was a small man. As uh, And also says, I was with you in weakness. He wasn't a big, strong guy. He wasn't a bodybuilder. He wasn't a big, strong guy like Peter. Peter was a very big man, was a strong man. Well, how do you know that? Well, like, for example, uh, near the end of, uh, well, I forget which gospel it is. It says when they're out in the fishing boat, this is after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They're in the boat, and uh, and John uh, and John uh, sees Jesus on the shore. It says, it, it is Jesus. And Peter jumps out and swims to shore. And then they, they, they come with the boat, and he goes and pulls the whole net of fish up to the shore by himself. That would take a lot of strength. And also we see uh, Peter and John ran to the tomb, and John beat Peter. Big guys don't run fast, but big guys are strong. So there's some things you can glean, and, and, it's, and you can argue it if you want. But anyways, you see that Paul wasn't that really much of a big man. And also, some of the things he had bad eyesight. He was kind of a small, frail guy. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. This shows he, he wasn't one that liked to be up in the limelight. To stand in front of people is a fearful thing. Uh, I'll get to that in a moment. But uh, trembling. He doesn't like to be the center of attention. He doesn't like to be up in front of everybody. And in fear. So we see fearing is also... That when you're in the pulpit, there's a lot of pressure to be accurate. And it's a very fearful thing to preach the word of God. As, as scripture talks about how there is more responsibility uh, uh, to the teachers and that the preachers and the teachers, the pastors, the bishops, uh, that uh, they have a lot that they're going to be held accountable for. Because they are the ones that are that are teaching the crowds, the congregations, and that that if that if you're teaching false doctrine, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. So you see, it's not that he doubted what he was saying, but that it is a fearful thing to stand up and preach. So he's a small man. He's not that not that strong. He had bad eyesight, and he doesn't like being in front of crowds. And it's a fearful thing to preach. So you see, put all this together. And, that, and he says, now, look, this is what I'm like, and this is what's going on, but listen to what I'm saying. But however, the words, the teaching, the power of the message, the power of the message. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. It doesn't take much. The jailer falling at the feet of Paul says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. There is an awful lot of power in that. I, I'm a, 
I, I like to do street preaching uh, during the uh, better weather here in Canada. Um, I like to go out in the street, pan up tracks. I'm wearing my evangelism shirts and I do street preaching. That's a fearful thing. And you get a lot of weird people coming up and trying to challenge you from time to time. I got a lot of stories of crazy people and things that have happened. And it's interesting how you get people of different religions and cults coming up and challenging you and whatnot. And how many times one verse is all you need? One verse. It's one sentence. One simple thing just shuts them right up. Uh, there's one as it wasn't street preaching or any any of that kind of thing my wife and i were out for a walk uh, a couple years ago and we were coming back home and we we're coming back through the park behind our place and there was a lady uh on the other side of the park we, we noticed as walking down the trail and she was heading in the same direction and where we were that we were going to be meeting up and uh she comes over we were walking with our dog at the time and uh we get to talking and asking about the dog and uh I talk about how uh, got around to how uh, I talk about how so many people uh, don't follow the the bylaws regarding uh, picking up after your dog and pro and walking your dog on leash and all that kind of stuff and she's and she pipes up you know it's like, like how many people don't follow the laws of Moses that got my attention I noticed that she wasn't paying any attention to me but she was more talking to my wife and she was ignoring me she she was kind of glancing up at me but wasn't really paying any attention to me and, and i'm like oh so you you know about moses do you and uh she turned and started and it says yes i know all, i know all about moses and she starts saying some crazy gnostic mystic things and, and i'm like okay so she's getting more and more and more and more worked up and agitated um as i explained to her what the bible says i'm being very gentle and just talking matter of factly uh, this is what the bible says and she says no no it's about this and god has a brother and all this other nonsense <laughs> so anyway so so while i'm talking to her i have my my bag with me and i reach down and i pull out a gospel track it's it's this one i pull out a gospel track the gospel of jesus christ and while i'm talking to her i have it done and i i pull out the middle one and, and put it on top says jesus is god and i started explaining to her about the messiah because she had some weird gnostic idea of the messiah and i just i went like this i just held it up i says do you believe that jesus is god and i cited some uh, i was citing some bible verses proving the deity of christ well she looked like i had slapped her she stepped back her eyes went as wide as dinner plates. And she looked over at my wife. Looked back at me. And she had foam in the sides of her mouth. I am not joking. She had foam in the sides of her mouth. And she started shrieking and screaming and yelling. The most blasphemous odes against God uh, just vile vile disgusting blasters she just started freaking out that shocked me and my dog was quite uh 
upset about that. And so, uh, as she started going off about this, and I, I, I the thought went through my mind uh, is just, just get away from her, just walk, go away. And I, it was like as if I felt something pushing my face aside. I don't even look at her. And as I was turning away to walk away, I just spoke, the spirit now manifesting itself. I rebuke you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I command you to be silent. And she was in mid-sentence. And as soon as I said that, she just froze. And I, and I, I grabbed my wife's hand and we just started walking away. And she just, just stood there just sputtering. She just made no sense. Just, she couldn't talk. She was demonically possessed. Now, the point I'm making with this, as you see in verse 4, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Whose Spirit? Whose power? Well, it's not mine. I had nothing to do with silencing that woman and her demons. That wasn't me. I didn't do that. I was speaking the gospel of Jesus Christ, which she was cursing. Who has greater power? Flesh, devils, or the spirit of God? So you see, her wisdom was refuted by the truths and proved it. And the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. And the Lord worked with me and confirmed what I was saying with signs following by silencing that woman. She froze in mid-sentence and couldn't speak. All because in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuked her and commanded the demons to be silent. And they were. In demonstration of spirit and of power. Had nothing to do with me. And we see in Luke 21.15. Luke 21.15. chapter 20 luke 21 15 what does jesus say for i will for i will give you a mouth and wisdom which all of your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist look what is it that jesus says look what he says for i will give you a mouth meaning ability to speak i will give you a mouth and wisdom and i will teach you how to speak how to put words together i will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries whether flesh or spirit which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist to be able to take advantage of your words nor be able to resist your words they won't be able to take advantage of your words nor be able to resist your words Jesus said that, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. What does Paul say? Uh, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Just like that. And there are many, many other examples I could give him uh, on uh, my street preaching, but that, that right there goes to prove it. I, I didn't even have a have a plan because at the moment when when she went off all crazy, 
I, I was speechless. I was shocked. I did not expect that because it was so sudden and it was so loud and it was just so just overwhelming. I, I just, I, I didn't know what to do. And then suddenly it just, it just came out of me. The rebuke. It just came out of me. Just, this rebuke upon her. Just be silent spirits. And she just stopped. And we just walked away. And then I got to the, about about a about a hundred feet away where our coroner was. She was still standing there, just sputtering. She was so mad. <laughs> she was just still standing there, sputtering. And I turned around and and I said to her really loudly, "I bellowed, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved." And I just, and I just walked away. She jumped in her car and tried to find us, but her home was right there, and she went circling the the our our, our uh, block trying to find us and we couldn't but anyways but the point is is that we don't have to worry about what to say beforehand worry not what to say beforehand the wisdom that we speak is not our wisdom not our intellect not our philosophies it's not our psychologies it's not our catechisms and creeds and traditions we, we say what the lord has already said we are repeaters we repeat what the scriptures already say. And we don't change it. We don't subtract or add or change anything in it. What it says is what it means. We just say this. And we say this in spirit and in power. We say this in conviction and zealousness and passion. We say this in truth and sincerity and honesty. This is what it is. This is the truth. This is the only reality there is. And you need to know it. And if you don't get it right, you're in danger. Whether in danger of hellfire, if you're getting the gospel wrong, or in danger of judgment and correction, if you're, if you're getting the other doctrines wrong. So we got to know what the scriptures say. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom. Okay, one more example. I, I, I just... It's one of the things I love about street preaching. Because it is one of the most raw moments where you can truly see the hand of God at work. Because you are not amongst other Christians. You're by yourself. You're out of your comfort zone. You're away from your technology. You're not hiding behind a camera. You're not hiding behind your phone or a keyboard. You're standing on a street corner with nothing but the Bible in your hands. And you got you got no protection. You're out in the open. You're you're raw and open in front of everybody, and you're just speaking to the to the open public and open air. And anything could go. And you can watch God work. It, it is so beautiful. It is so terrifying, and it is so biblical. Because this is what we are called to do. We are not building hiders. We're street preachers. A couple years ago, there was a, uh, a fair in my town. Now, they used to do this uh, before the whole lockdowns and everything. But they used to do this every year. They would have a, a, uh, a witchcraft fair festival. Yeah, they would do that. Where all of the New Agers and occultists and witches and shamans and these kinds of people would gather together for this festival once a year. And they would sell all of their amulets and charms and witchcraft stuff and they would make homemade idols and all kinds of stuff. It was, it was 
crazy. I'm so glad that that that, that got shut down. But anyways, um, I put on my evangelism shirt. Um, and uh, Jesus Christ is God. And on the back of the shirt says, repent, and believe the gospel. And I went out with my tracks and my Bible. And I would walk through the festival and I'd hand out tracks. I'd hand out tracks. And I, um, <laughs> I noticed that there is this one lady in this one area in the main section of where all the kiosks and tables and tents were, where I'd be walking through in the main area. There's this one woman who was really standing out and she was a tall woman, like six foot one. She was quite thin and she had shorter hair and she had such a demeanor about her of authority and power the way she would look at you the way she would move and everything else the way she would speak and she had a a, a table in her, her little kiosk covered in charms and witchcraft stuff new age stuff and uh, she really did not like me being there <laughs> Anyways, I'd, I'd already gone through a couple times, and I was coming around the last time, and I was actually going to uh, pack it up and go home after this final lap. And I went through, I was coming up, and there she was, standing right in the middle of the of the, uh, of the the area that you'd walk on the grass. She was standing, and she was standing there, her eyes wide, and she's just going like this, just scanning. Just back and forth, scanning. And I, I noticed it, and I started praying, because I know what this is about. As I walk up and she sees me and she just like that, just like that, just walks right onto me and her eyes squint a bit. And I walk right up to her and she puts on this smile that, you know, when people smile, but their eyes don't smile. It's a fake smile. She did it like that fake smile. It's like, oh, you're still here. She's those are her exact words. You're still here. <laughs> like, yep. And, and she's like, so, so what you doing? And she goes, oh, you're not handing out tracks, are you? Just like that. Really creepy. I'm like, why, yes, I am. Would you like one? No. She, I'm not putting it on. It's the way she actually talked. Like, do you want one? I'm playing with her a bit. Because I'm not afraid of her or her devils. And uh, anyways, would you like one? No. And, and she's like, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, well, I am doing that. And this is what I'm, I dropped all, all games. I said, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ as Jesus is the Christ, the mighty God manifested in the flesh. And I preach his word, which is the only word, the only truth there is, is he is the only way, the only truth, the only life. And you need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. You need to repent of your sins and believe the gospel. And she starts poking me. Where's your off button? Where's your off button? You need to stop. And I just, I just, I just went full street preaching right at her. Gave her the full gospel, both barrels up, up one side, down the other, and, and telling her this is the truth. She, she started violently shaking her head back and forth, screaming, "No, no, 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 no!" And went, went storming off. And I stood there, and speaking the gospel of Jesus Christ, handing out tracts, and just kept going. Demonstration of the spirit and of power. I'm not afraid of anything, not ashamed of anything, for we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God. And that's the point today. The power of God. It's not me. I'm not arguing my rights. I'm not arguing my abilities, my liberties, or any of this other thing. I don't care about me. It's not me, my words, my ability, my strength, my size, my wisdom, my education. It's the word of God. It's the scriptures. It's the Holy Bible. It, it It's this. This is what we are here for. We're 
we're here in the name of Jesus Christ and him crucified, buried, risen again. And it doesn't matter if it's the Red Sea, it's the armies of Egypt, it doesn't matter if it's the Antichrist, it doesn't matter if it's devils of hell, it doesn't matter what it is, pagans and heathens, it doesn't matter if it's flesh or spirit, everything is subject to the word of God, everything is subject to Jesus Christ, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved than the name of Jesus Christ. By the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow. We must bow to the name of Jesus Christ before we go out to present the name of Jesus Christ. And everything must bow. They are subjected to it. This, this reality, this world, all matter, everything that there is, is putty that is molded by the hands of praying faith and believing faith. We go out in spirit and in power, not in flesh and man's wisdom, but in spirit and in power. It doesn't matter if they're witches and warlocks, it doesn't matter if they're atheists or Buddhists or Muslims or Catholics or whatever else. All must hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we do not come in our abilities, our wisdom, our knowledge, our education. We come to them with the word of God. We say, thus saith the Lord. Just as the prophets do, we do. So it's the same, it's the same manner, same spirit, same power, same thing. The spirit of God would descend upon the prophets and they would go and stand before the kings and point the finger and say, Thou art the man. We, we indwelt by the spirit of the living God, go in the power of God and point the finger and say, Thou art the man. You need to repent and believe the gospel. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter if we stand before kings and emperors or paupers. It's the same message unto all. Paul said the gospel to Nero, to the madman Caesar, as well as he said it to the poor beggars in the streets. It's the same power, same spirit, it's the same message. It's the same wisdom of the same spirit of God. We speak by the spirit of God, not by our wisdom. And we say in passion, in zealousness, in fervency, in honesty, in sincerity, and we don't water it down. We don't beat around the bush. This is what it is. Why? Verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Our faith is not in, well, I don't know what to say. If I could just learn it more, then we could go. No, go, and I will teach thee what thou shalt say. I will be with thy mouth. I will guide thee in the way that thou shalt go. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Don't worry about, about if, if you don't know what to say. You know who Jesus Christ is. You know what the Bible says about him. Determine not to know anything but Jesus Christ. You sing Jesus Christ. You pray Jesus Christ. You preach Jesus Christ. And this world cannot gainsay nor resist. For there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Verse 6, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that how about we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that, that come to naught. Look what he says here. The wisdom that we speak, which is perfect, perfect wisdom, that the, that the man of God may be perfectly furnished unto all good works. How? By the word of God, by the scriptures. We speak wisdom. We speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Who is this? Who are, who are the perfected? The Christians we speak the truth of Christian the wisdom because we're all on the same page the same spirit the same knowledge yet not the wisdom of this world look what he says not the wisdom of this world but the wisdom of another world of the other that is to come of the hope that is to come the, the wisdom of heaven we speak the wisdom of heaven not the wisdom of this world nor of the princes of this world that come to naught 
Though all the things of this world, the knowledge and wisdom of this world comes to nothing. It's nothing. It's foolishness. It achieves nothing. It gains nothing. Psalm 32, verse 8. Let's look at Psalm 32, verse 8. Psalm 32, verse 8, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Well, Lord, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Good. And you won't get in the way. That's the whole point. That's what dying to self is. That's what dying to self is. You don't. Don't worry. So, well, I, I don't, I, I haven't memorized much. I don't know much. I, I, I have no ability. I can't stand in front of people. Good. And you won't get in the way. Go. Moses was terrified. Are you telling me that the, the prophets, themselves as, as men of flesh, that the individual, the person, wasn't terrified? Could you imagine Elijah? As the man, the man Elijah wasn't scared to stand before Jezebel and Ahab. Wasn't scared to be surrounded by the prophets of Baal who were literally slaughtering the prophets of God. Jezebel was the was a mass serial murderer. She she murdered the prophets of God. Could you imagine going up into the court of Ahab and Jezebel, being surrounded by the soldiers and prophets of Baal of Jezebel, and they're surrounding you now with their swords and knives. They could slaughter you at any moment. You, are you telling me that they weren't nervous, that these prophets of God weren't scared, they weren't nervous of themselves? Could you imagine Moses standing before Pharaoh as he was scared of Pharaoh? But that's the point. Is it go anyways? And the Lord protects, the Lord guides, the Lord guards, the Lord teaches, the Lord speaks, and the Spirit of the Lord will speak through you, and power will overcome. I have an example of that one. My very first time street preaching. My very first time street preaching. And was it, uh, Olga says, can women do street preaching? Well, Yes, it's evangelism. You're witnessing. Women are, are allowed, absolutely are called to be witnesses. You're, uh, what women aren't allowed to do is to take positions of leadership of a local church. But you're allowed to evangelize and witness. Absolutely, absolutely, 100%. You go out there, hand out tracts, and start declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go for it. Absolutely, go for it. Uh, but my very first time street preaching... Um, I, I, the Lord had been speaking to me about this for a long time and I wanted to do it. I really, really did. I was get, getting all kinds of stuff together. I'm, I have got some signs made up. You know, it says, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God. And I got my gospel signs made up. And I got, I got my shirt. I got my Bible. I got my tracks. I got my signs. Got it all ready. I got all at, I had it all at the door. Got my shoes on. And I, I, I couldn't. I was absolutely petrified. And I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't even grab the door handle. And I, I'm, and I started to shake. I was shaking. I was so scared. My mind was filled with 
hypothetical situations and people attacking me and being arrested and all like all crazy kinds of stuff going on in my mind i was absolutely just scared out of my mind scared out of my wits i, I couldn't do it i couldn't do it and i said lord I i'm really sorry i i can't do this and that's in the lord's brought up bible verses in my mind i will teach you i will guide you i'll be with you i will teach you what you what to say and it was like as if someone grabbed my hand and reached over grabbed the door handle and opened the door and something shoved me out the door it's just like i moved but it wasn't like i moved like something was moving me and pushed me out the door it's like the lord's like get out there get going doing it okay so i just kept one foot in front of the other I walked all the way to the to the corner i was going i set up my stuff and i got all ready i'm standing there i'm still shaking i'm still shaking and i lost my voice i i was so scared i couldn't even speak and i'm standing there with my signs up i got my bible and I got my shirt on, everything, and, and uh, everyone's around. All the people are looking, and uh, I'm drawing attention. I I couldn't speak. I said, Lord, I, I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't even know what to say. My brain shut down. I couldn't think, couldn't speak. Um, and the Lord says, read John 3.16. Okay. So I have my... My evangelism bible it's a waterproof bible so i turned to john 3 16 and i started reading it the lord says out loud okay so i turned to john 3 16 and i read out loud. louder no joke this was going through my head it was like how holding a conversation with the lord the lord says louder so I read it louder, louder. I read it again, louder. And one more time, louder. And by this point, my voice had come back and I was bellowing John 3.16. And then something just came over me like a, just a fire. It just, it was like pins and needles. It just such a passion came over me of a boldness. And I started bellowing out the proclamations of God. I just started bellowing out the gospel of Jesus Christ from, from the, from the betrayal to the crucifixion, the shedding of the blood, the death, the burial, the resurrection, salvation by grace through faith, by belief alone. I went through the whole thing. I was out there for over an hour, just bellowing out the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was the most amazing it was the most exciting and thrilling and most powerful thing I've ever experienced in my life, aside from when I got born again saved. This is the power of God. The power of God is not by my wisdom or ability. It's not by me. I couldn't do it. I failed. I am a failure. I can't do it. It is terrifying every single time to sit here and do these broadcasts where the whole world could be listening and other people coming in and they make they make mocking videos and, and heretics attacking me in comments and it, it's it's a terrifying thing and knowing that I could be censored I could be arrested and all kinds of things but it must be done it must be said and it's not me 
not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world, which come to nothing. But we speak, verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. John 14, 6, where Jesus says he will give us the comfort which is the Holy Ghost, his spirit which will teach us all things and cause us to be in remembrance where everything he has told us. He will, he will be with our memory. He will cause us to be in remembrance. Where when you're witnessing to people and Bible verses just start coming up and you're saying, Bible, where did that come from? Well, you've read them before, haven't you? Yeah, but I didn't memorize them. But they're in there. Because you read it. The Spirit of God sparks your memory of verses and passage, passages which you didn't think you even knew. But you've read it. It's in there. And he sparks it. He'll cause you to be in remembrance. He will teach he will teach you what to say. He teaches you how to pray. He will show you where to go. He will give you the strength. He will give you the protection. Everything and anything that needs to be done, he covers it. He just needs your feet and he needs your tongue. He just needs you to go and he needs you just to be willing to say the words. He will give you the script. He gives you the power. He gives you everything. He even draws the crowd. Years ago, I was on vacation uh, with my in-laws. And I uh, went to this one area where we, we, we love to go. And uh, um, there was a, a harbor town. Uh, a bunch of boats and ships would come in. And, uh, sometimes really, uh, really beautiful wooden sailing ships would come in sometimes. Really big ones big sails I mean, oh, it was so cool so uh, every day we go for a walk down down to the harbor and see all the boats and ships and yachts and stuff it was really cool and and uh went down there the one day and i noticed um as that there's a big long wooden uh walkways and uh, there's benches every like 50 feet or so and on every single bench there is a couple sitting there, done up, nice shirts and stuff, sitting there. And they have a little dolly cart uh, covered in pamphlets. With a sign above the pamphlets that says JW.org. <sighs> Jehovah's Witnesses have come to town. And they were down the whole walkway. Well, that annoyed me. And uh, I, I tried to, you know, I'm like, I'm on vacation, I'm tired, I don't really want to, at the time I had a sore knee, I'm walking with a cane and everything, I just, I'm not in the mood for it, I'm just, not, now, but now I'm really ticked off, because I'd already gone through there, handing out tracks and stuff, and now here comes, you know, here comes the cults. Uh, I, I, I couldn't. It's, you know, you get that bee in your bonnet and you just, you can't, you can't not. And so I'm like, okay. So I told, I told my, my wife and my family, to go ahead, go to the shops. I, I'm just going to stand here and I, I'm just going to see what to, uh, what I got to do. So they go ahead and, and go to the thing and I'm, I'm pacing like a caged lion I'm pacing. I'm getting angrier and angrier and angrier at what they're doing, what the, these JW cults are doing. 
and I, I couldn't hold it in anymore. Just, just this, this fire inside of me billowing up. I, I couldn't hold it in anymore. So I walk over, and I wait. I wait for a moment, and the, there's this one bench. I see all the other ones had young people, like in their twenties or teens or something. But this bench had had an older guy. Maybe may have been the leader of these other ones, and. I'm listening to them, and I discovered that they're Jehovah's Witness missionaries. Okay. This is going to be fun. So I, I walk up, and I play ignorant. This is how I usually engage Jehovah's Witnesses, because they are incapable of resisting this bait. Because they pride themselves as being the most knowledgeable. So they have an answer for everything. Uh, so I walk up and I say, uh, hey, how's it going? And he's like, oh, good. And I'm like, uh, so uh, you're with the Jehovah's Witness organization? He's like, yes, yes, we are. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I, I, I got a question for you, if you don't mind, uh, because I, I've asked this this question of uh, of many uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and many, many others, and they're not really been able to help me. And I'm wondering if you could help me with this question. And he's like, he sits up. He's like, oh, of course, absolutely. Gotcha. So that, that and I piped up. This is um, my question is, how come in the book of Jude, when we see Michael was disputing about Lu with Lucifer over the body of Moses, Michael dared not bring a railing accusation against the devil who said the Lord rebuke you. The Michael in his own name, his own office, his own power wasn't able to rebuke the devil, but said the Lord rebuke you. And you say that Jesus is Michael, the archangel. So wouldn't that necessarily mean then that that Jesus is Michael, which is less powerful than the devil? You could have heard crickets. His face went so red. I got him. I just used scripture. And then I proceeded to uh, to declare to him the gospel of Jesus Christ. He started debating me and he's trying to preach his religion of works. I'm saying, but do you know the meaning of grace? I'm going on uh, defining grace. And this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. Jesus is God. Here, 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 here. And I'm just citing off all the verses. A crowd gathered around now to be honest i didn't even know there was a crowd i didn't even know there was a crowd i was so focused in and i was showing him the gospel i was shooting down every single thing that he said and i was using nothing but bible verses and a crowd gathered around i, I lost track of time i didn't know who was around me but my family had come out and they were taking photos uh, of me uh, debating with the Jehovah's Witnesses and photos of the crowd and everything. And I'm standing out there and I had that guy going for over half an hour. And uh, and finally he got so mad because he was so soundly just trounced with the word of God. He just got up, grabbed his cart of heresies and stormed off. He, and, and I'm just standing there, standing there. I won. I drove them away using nothing but the gospel of Jesus Christ. We speak wisdom, not of this world. But we speak, verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. We speak the wisdom of God. It's God's wisdom. Not my wisdom, my intellect. You see, I could have gone, I could have used any argument. But why did I choose that one? I didn't choose that one. That's That was the argument that the Lord told me to use. You see, many a time we say, oh, oh, oh I should I should have said this to that person I was witnessing to them. 
Maybe the Spirit of God didn't want you to say that, that exact thing at the moment. Because what you said was sufficient to worry not what to say. Worry not what to say. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Matthew 10, 19. Matthew 10, 19. But when they deliver you up, take no thought. Look what he says. This is the words of Jesus. Jesus says, take no thought. Just like it says, take no thought of the morrow. Forgetting the things of the past. Worry not, fear not, doubt not, care not, fret not, be anxious for nothing. Take no thought. Don't even think about it. Don't even worry about it. Take no thought. How or what? Ye shall speak. Just like he says in Matthew 6. Take no thought what you shall drink. Or what you shall wear. Or what you will eat. Don't even worry about it. Take no thought how or what you shall speak. For it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. The Lord knows what's coming. He knows what needs to be done. He knows. God knows how to debate with the heretics. God knows how to witness to the unsaved. God knows how to deal with the enemies and the opposition. God knows how to deal with the trolls. Don't even worry about a thing. Just go and he'll tell you what to say. Don't let your emotions try to rule you. Don't let the circumstances try to control you. Just stand there and say the truth of God. In peace and calmness and meekness and sincerity. In spirit and in power. Worry not. Worry not, but we speak the wisdom of God. Verse 8, which none of the princes of this world knew, that, that the powers and, and the governments and the, and the high knowledgeable people of this world, they know not God. They don't understand it. They're so lost in their own thing. They think they evolved from melted rocks or something. They think they came, they came from a pool, a, pool, a pool of slime 100 billion years ago. They just miraculously just evolved it to a fish and to an amphibian, to a monkey, to a man. They make up their, their philosophies. They profess themselves to be wise and become fools. They don't understand the truth. They bring up their own psychologies, their own philosophies, their own arguments of their own wisdom. They know not God. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 9, but as it is written, I have not seen. Now you're paying attention. Do you have your Bible? Look at this. Look at verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Look what it says. But as it is written, how did Jesus refute Lucifer and the temptation of the wilderness? It is written, it is written, it is written. If the word of God says it, then that's what it is. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But thou, but thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. You can be at perfect peace when you go out and you witness and you live for the Lord. And when you speak for the Lord. Perfect peace because it's the Lord that has your back. It's the Lord that is telling you what to say. It's the Lord guiding you in all things. Worry not. Fear not. Doubt not. Care not. Be anxious for nothing. Why? Because all things are held and cared for by the Lord. He clothes us. He gives us the, the, the food and drink. He gives us the homes. He gives us everything. He, pre he prepares and cares for everything. Which God hath prepared for them that love him. Do you love 
the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you truly love him? When you truly, truly, honestly, sincerely love someone, you're not ashamed of them. You're not ashamed to speak of them publicly. You're not ashamed to live for them publicly. You're not ashamed to speak up for them, to defend them, to promote them publicly. You will give your life for them. The things which God has prepared for them that love him. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, but do you love him? Do you love him? Do you love him enough to defend his honor? To speak up for him, to defend him, to speak for him. Verse 10, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. But I don't know deep theologies and doctrines. What if people ask me questions that I don't know? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You speak what you do know. For I determine not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, me, uh, I, I, I don't have fancy high degrees. I don't have degrees. I'm a backwater, backcountry bumpkin. I don't have high education. I don't know big, fancy, reformed terminologies. I don't know any of that stuff. But I know that Jesus Christ is true. And I know the word of God is true. And I know how to read what it says. What it says is what it means. This is my statement of faith. This is my doctrinal statement. This is my degree. This is my diploma. This is my wisdom. This is my knowledge. This is my words. This is my everything. All I need to know is what this says, and that's all I care about. That's all I need to know. I search this out. I search this out. And the deep things of God, the deep secrets and the mysteries and the knowledge of God is made known unto me by the Spirit of God and is made known unto any saint which will crack open the book and start reading. Any born-again Christian is in, uh, born-again Christian as they're indwelt by the Spirit of God. Any born-again Christian can know what this book says if you just read it. You don't need anyone else to tell you. Just get your nose in it. Get reading. Get studying. And speak what it it says and the devils will run and the and the heathens will scream and the, this world will start burning by, by the judgment of God or start burning as the spirit of God falls upon those that believe just go say what this says what does this book say what does this book say As it is written, I have not seen. You can't see how you come through. You can't see how it'll work out. Nor ear heard. You may not have heard the fancy terminologies and the fancy teaching. You have no idea. As you haven't seen it, you haven't heard it. Neither have entered into the heart. You don't know it. Neither did the ignorant, unlearned fishermen. But they confounded the Pharisees and they took note that they had been with Jesus. As Jesus confounded the Sanhedrin, so did Jesus' disciples. And we confound the Sanhedrin today. We confound the high learned. We confound the heathen. 
Verse 10, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. Them what? The wisdom. These things which need to be heard and seen and known. God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. Ephesians 3.17 is the spirit of God dwells in the heart of every believer. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. The spirit of God knows all things. There is nothing that is not known by God. And this one who knows literally, virtually every single thing that could ever be known in the entire universe, God knows. He is infinite. This infinite, almighty, infinite one, infinite in every way, lives inside of me and tells me everything that I need to know. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Man touts, them, touts himself as wise and powerful and knowledgeable. How much more God? And the spirit of man which learns and goes and learns boldness and confidence in their things. Like you look at Richard Dawkins, for example. He touts himself as wise and powerful and famous and, and educated and he knows lots of stuff. Like Stephen Hawking knew lots of stuff. And, and it is so wise and people would sit at their feet. How much more the spirit of God. The person of God, the very person of God, how much more him. Verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. But, but science says, but philosophy says, but education says, but the, but the fancy uh, white-coated lab people, they say they know, but, but the people in the, in the colleges and the universities, they know. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Let's go to Psalm 119 for a moment. Psalm 119 verse 33. Psalm 119 verse 33. Let's read this, this section here. Teach me, O Lord. Now you notice, Lord, the word Lord is all uppercase. It's all uppercase. L-O-R-D, all uppercase, means Jehovah God. Almighty, sovereign Lord, Jehovah God. Teach me, O God, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Incline mine heart unto thy testimonies, and not to covetousness. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. Establish thy word unto thy servant, who is devoted to thy fear. Turn away my reproach, which I fear, for thy judgments are good. 
Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me in thy righteousness. Statutes, law, commandments, testimonies, thy way, thy word, thy fear, thy judgments, thy precepts, thy righteousness. What are all these things? What are all these things? The whole book. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. From Genesis to Revelation. The law of God, the testimonies of God, the precepts of God, the righteousness of God, the ways of God, the truth of God, everything that is of him. Every single thing that is of him and about him and through him and to him are all things. We don't need to fear anything. Fear hath torment, but perfect love casts out all fear. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. It's freely given. You don't have to earn it. It's freely given. That the wellspring of the knowledge of God is open and free unto any that will come to him and desire of him. 2 Timothy 1.13 2 Timothy 1.13 Hold fast. Hold fast. That means to hold on, to grip it, and to not let go. Hold fast the form of sound words. What's that? Notice it doesn't say sound experiences or feelings or opinions sound words the words of who whose words whose words hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me not the fancy words of religiosity not the fancy words of orthodoxy not the fancy words of catechisms and commentaries the words of the scriptures the uh, it is written it is written it is written these words these words these words Give up the fancy terminologies and words of man's wisdom and hold to the wisdom of God. Book, chapter, verse. That's all you need to know. Book, chapter, verse. That's all you need to know. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Which things we also we speak. Verse 13. Which, also, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, Not by the, the fancy catechismic reformed theologies. Not orthodoxy. Not the traditions of men. Not denominational distinctives and denominationalism. Not by what we think or what we feel. It's not by any other thing. Not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. But which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Which the Holy Ghost teacheth. What does it say? That's what it means. I don't need to know any other thing. Just this is what it says. That's all I care about. And I've determined not to know anything else but this. Which, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. You say your words are spiritual, 
Well, let's see. Let's open up the book and let's see what it says. Luke 10, 21. Luke 10, 21. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Rejoice not because because you've achieved, you have, or that even that the spirits are subject unto you. Like the example I gave with the demonic women there uh, dealing with how they're, how they're rebuking the devils and that they're run. Don't rejoice in, in that you've achieved anything. Because it's not you. It's not you doing. It's the Lord doing. But rather rejoice in the Lord that the Lord does. Of the Lord speaks. The Lord gives. The Lord teaches. The Lord holds. It's the Lord's wisdom. It's the Lord's power. Because if we were on our own, we'd be chewed up, spit out, and, and, and destroyed in a moment. It's not us. It's not us. And that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and says, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it so seemed good in thy sight. He has revealed it unto babes. We are babies. When you look at a baby, it's absolutely helpless. Absolutely helpless. It's weak and feeble, knows nothing, helpless. Jesus says, we are babies. But in comparison, we're nothing but weak, incapable, feeble babies. That's all we are. But all of the wisdom and the power and the strength and the knowledge and the instruction and all all the all that which is of God is given suddenly unto this one. And now the babies can speak. The babies can walk. The babies have power. That's the picture here. That's the picture here. First Corinthians chapter two, verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which men's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things to spiritual. Verse 14, but the natural man, but the natural man, those not indwelt by the spirit of God, the unsaved, the flesh, the flesh doesn't get it. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. As we saw, as Jesus says, it's been revealed that unto babies, these as you're born again, you're born in Christ. But those that not of God, it's not revealed unto unto them. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. When you're street preaching, you're witnessing, you're evangelizing, even online, social media like Instagram. You put up a Bible verse or something and people come in mocking it and they don't understand it. They don't get it and everything else. You're witnessing and they don't get it. They don't see it. They don't understand it. They just mock it. It's foolishness to them. Well, what's the point of even witnessing if they don't get it? Those who have ears to hear. Because every once in a while I come across that one or a couple people that stop and they listen. Something grabbed their attention. Because they had not hardened their heart. When individuals have a softened heart and they are willing to listen. 
The Spirit of God grabs their attention and he convicts them and he draws them. And we see Hebrews 6, or how the Spirit of God opens and gives them the enlightenment, gives them the understanding, and they are made partakers of the Holy Ghost and they taste of the goodness of God and the things of the kingdom to come. And they see and understand how they're sinners and they are drawn. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, how an unsaved person, like Richard Dawkins, picks up a Bible, reads it, it's foolishness. He doesn't get it. He doesn't even understand it. It's like a book of riddles. It's called the mysteries of God. The mysteries of God, because it takes the Spirit of God to understand the things of God. It takes the Spirit of God to understand the things of God. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. To have the discernment about this, to be able to understand this, you have to have the Holy Spirit of God working upon you. Oh, you can have all of the education. You can have all the degrees, all the diplomas, all the abilities. You, you, can, you can have all the, the achievements of man and all the applause of men. And you're an absolute fool if you have not the Spirit of God giving you sound doctrine. Joel Osteen is a raging fool. Kenneth Copeland, Joyce Meyer, Stephen Furtick, Bill Johnson, Todd White, absolute fools. Absolute fools. The cardinals and the priests and the popes and all of the, the priests of the... Uh, 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 of all the other religions, absolute raging fools. The Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, absolute fools. Because they had not, they have not the Spirit of God. People will tell you, you don't know what you're talking about. The other day, I. Uh, I have people commenting on my videos and commenting on my posts, calling me a fraud. Calling me a fraud, calling me ignorant, calling me a fool, calling me an idiot, and all kinds of other curse words and other stuff. Uh, because this was foolishness to them. Neither could they know it. Because they had not the Spirit of God to give them discernment about this. Verse 15, but he that is spiritual. Now spiritual by what context, by what standard? New Agers and occultists are spiritual. Catholics and Hindus are spiritual. But as you know, as Jesus says, I am the way. And we looked earlier at the doctrine. There's only one way, one truth, one life. There's only one true doctrine. There's only one true theology. And there's only one true form of spirituality. But he that is spiritual by biblical context. But he that is biblically spiritual judgeth all things. And all SJWs just shrieked. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. And all liberals fainted. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. All things are judged. Do you not know that the saints must judge the world? Judgment must begin at the house of God. And the saints shall judge the world. What does Jesus say in John 7, 24? Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. What is righteous judgment? Judging by the standard of the word of God. My feelings, my opinions, my circumstances, my experiences are irrelevant. What the word of God says is the only thing that matters. 
But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. I don't judge you. Ever. You don't judge me. All the liberals say, Amen. But God says, However, it is written, This judges you. This judges me. I'm judged of no man. I'm judged by the standard of the word of God. By the full authority of every word. What it says is what it means. I don't change it to fit my opinions. I don't interpret it by my own personal interpretation. Well, I have my interpretation. You have your interpretation. Yeah, sure. What it says is what it means. And it's not open to interpretation. What it says is what it means. This judges all things. But how can we, as it says, judge all things if we're not reading this and studying all things of this? All things of the word of God must be known. Read it, study it like the Bereans. Apply it to your heart. And thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And this word of God is a light. It's a light unto us in all dark things. All things are illuminated by the light, are made manifest by the light, and the dark and the darkness cannot be hid. But the word of God shines into all things. It is a light set on a hill. He that is spiritual judgeth all things. Yet he himself is judge of no man. Well, I don't agree. I don't like that. I don't think. I don't feel. Well, I, I experienced. Well, I learned. Well, I read doesn't matter that and two bucks will get you a coffee at tim hortons that means nothing to me well i think i feel i believe my opinion my interpretation literally means nothing it is written now we're talking scripture says now we're getting somewhere the word of god flat out says now we're now we're really diving into the depths we bow no knee to no man. I don't accept, I don't listen to, and I don't bow the knee to the authority of any individual. I only bow the knee to scripture. I couldn't care less about any catechism, creed, or commentary, or whatever else. I couldn't care less about any other uh, tradition, or orthodoxy, or book, or writing. I couldn't care less about any of that. But the moment you say book, chapter, verse, the moment you start quoting scripture, I'll listen. Verse 16. 1 Corinthians 2.16 For who hath known the mind of the Lord? How does the Lord think? What does the Lord know? For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? <laughs> Goes back to the book of Job, where God is talking to Job, and God says, does the, does the thing formed say to him which formed it, why have you made me thus? Can the clay instruct the potter? Does the clay have power over the potter? Who do we think we are? 
Well, I got degrees. I've read the Bible 50 times. I'm this. I've been a Christian for this long. I've achieved. I have. I've learned. I have. And I have this many followers. I have this much notoriety and all this. I, my church is this big and I've done this much stuff. And you're talking like a baby. You're talking like a baby. It is written, it is written, it is written is all that matters. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Look what it says. We may not know the mind of God, but we have the mind of Christ. We don't have the mind of God. Now there's a a crazy, really stupid, charismatic teaching out there. It's called God Thoughts. <laughs> this really stupid, charismatic teaching out there says that you can get, you can achieve a certain level of holiness and spirituality where you can. They can become so close to God you that your mind becomes the mind of God, that, that your thoughts are actually the thoughts of God. And you can have God thoughts. And you can hear God thinking. And that, and that you are actually connected mind to mind with God. You can have God thoughts. Yeah, that's not how it works. It's not how that works. God does speak to us. He will instruct you. He will tell you. We can't know the mind of God, how he thinks. We can't know his reasoning. We can't know his reasoning. But we have the mind of Christ and that we don't have to worry about a thing because him which knows all things is with us, inside of us, dwelling with us, will never let us go, will, will never cast us away. And that when we are ever in need of something, he will teach us and guide us and show us where to go. Moses hadn't a clue what to do. He was backed up against the Red Sea. But the mind of God was with him and told him to stand still. But, 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 Lord, Egypt is coming. They're going to kill us all. Be still. God parted the sea. God, uh, God didn't tell Moses that he was going to part the sea. Moses had no idea that that's what was going to happen. But he stood still and he waited and he watched God work. Romans eleven thirty one, Sorry, th 34. Romans 11. Let's go back to Romans 11. Verse 33, Romans eleven thirty-three. 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. What riches are you searching for? Do you long for? Oh, I want a billion dollar bank account. Yeah, that would be really cool. I want to have all the supercars. I want all the money and I want vacations. And I want mansions. I want all the, I want all kinds of power and wisdom. I want, you know, like, like a pirate's chest full of gold. You know, God came to Solomon. And because Solomon was faithful and served the Lord. 
the Lord came to Solomon and said, said ask, what, 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 what's your desire? What would, you, what would you want? Solomon could have asked for all the riches of the world, but he didn't. Solomon asked for wisdom, the wisdom of God. That's true riches, the wisdom of the word of God. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. John the Baptist had absolutely nothing except the camel skin that he wore for his clothes. And he ate grasshoppers and wild honey. He had no home and he just lived in the wilderness. He was a wild man. He had absolutely, absolutely nothing. But John the Baptist was wealthier and richer than any other individual on the planet. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Who hath been his counselor? Who, who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed to him again? For of him, and through him, and to him are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. Who hath known the mind of the Lord? But we have the mind of Christ. Worry not, doubt not, fear not, be anxious for nothing. For the power of God works within you. The wisdom, the knowledge, the abilities of God is within you. As the Spirit of Christ lives in the heart of every believer, and he will teach thee what thou shalt say. He will be with your mouth. He will be with your mind. He will cause you to be in remembrance. He will teach you how to pray. He will show you where to go. He will guide your steps. And all that's left is one thing. All this would be bestowed upon those that love him if you would do but one thing. All you have to do is one thing. First Corinthians chapter two. And there's a verse in Amos chapter three, verse seven. Amos Old Testament. This is the white pages of your Bible. Clean pages of your Bible. Amos chapter three, verse seven. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. The Lord works through his servants. The Lord works through his servants and reveals his secrets, his wisdom, his knowledge, his abilities. He reveals his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. Now, we don't have Old Testament prophets today. We don't see John the Baptist. We don't see Elijah's going around working in that manner. We don't have Old Testament prophets today where, where they reveal uh, new divine messages and revelations. As this is our oracle. This is our revelation. This is our, our, our everything. But we work like the prophets. 
as the uh, as the evangelists and the missionaries and the teachers are working by the same spirit they do the same thing but it's no more of new divine messages and revelations but we speak this it is written we stand up like the prophets stand up by the spirit of god as the prophets are sealed uh, 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 given by the spirit of god and we say the same message thus saith the lord so we stand up like prophets and prophetesses of god though we don't put stock in titles i don't need titles it's not about me show me a show me a prophet that the went around saying uh, telling people that he was a prophet you don't see that they are known by the work they were known by the work by the fervency and the zealousness of speaking the truth of god leonard ravenhill mighty man of god leonard ravenhill talks about uh, talks about this but the spirit of the prophet the spirit is which is the spirit of god what well, that uh, uh, driven driven by the zealousness and the passion the love of the lord they go out and they stand up before the people and point the finger and speak the truth we need more people like that today and especially these days where it's getting more and more and more opposed there's more and more fear fearfulness timidity and shame of standing up before uh, for the lord in public christians are thinning out as being evangelists witnesses servants of christ but what you need to understand is it's never changed it's never changed the word of god doesn't change the work doesn't change the method doesn't change the lord is asking who will go for me don't worry if you don't know what to say don't worry if you don't know where to go or what to do or how to go about it. Jesus just said, go. Go. I will teach you. I will help you. I will guide you. What else do you need? Go. Stand up and say, thus saith the Lord. So you go. All right. Um, where's my mouse? There it is. Let's go down through the comments here. I noticed lots of comments in this one. Okay, going down through. And uh, just to back up, I know I already touched on this. As Olga asked the question, can women do street preaching? Yes, as it's evangelism. Women are absolutely 100% allowed uh, evangelism work, missionary work, and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely no questions asked. Again, when you do studies and scriptures of what is actually uh, restricted, is women are not allowed to be leaders of a local church, as as the Bible talks about. Uh, they're not allowed to be the bishop, which is the pastor, and they're not allowed to be deacons. That's what the Bible says. But everything else is absolutely allowed. So go out, stand up, and say and say the gospel. Start declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go for it okay um okay kelsey has a question all christians are commanded to preach the gospel in my opinion i would go uh, with your husband or a mixture of men and women for physical safety though yeah my husband street preaches very unsafe areas i do not go the lord has me ministered to my young children my neighbors 
but that's me. Yeah, so again, every situation is different. Every circumstance is different. And look, I, I, again, please I'm, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying everybody has to be a street preacher. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that every single born-again Christian should be able to speak the gospel and be able to witness the gospel, hand out gospel tracts, and be able to be a witness, an example of Jesus Christ. So that's what I'm saying. So, it's to stand up publicly for the Lord and to not be ashamed, to live for the Lord in all, in all manner. Okay. Okay, going down through uh, Raven... Uh, oh yeah but how our society says all kinds of things yeah, our society will dictate all kinds of craziness society says society says society says modernism says but god's word says god's word doesn't change society uh, normalizes sin society dictates sin and abomination as regular as normal you're not allowed to speak against it but god says but god says we stand up against sin and we preach righteousness the righteousness of god but we do so in the manner that we want them to heed it we want them to accept it we 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 we, we love them enough to warn them of the danger they're in so that they would believe on the lord and be saved we want them to be saved we don't say these things to drive them away we don't say these things to hammer them over the head with it but we're saying it in love this is a joyful message this is a this is something to rejoice over. This is something that we should uh, be laughing and and jumping with joy about to go tell them the truth of Jesus Christ, the truth of the Word of God. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. We go in the same spirit of Christ as Christ went to the lost. How did He witness to the lost? We do the same. We do the same. Olga says, a friend of mine attacked me saying that God is useless because he doesn't stop the war in Ukraine. Well, that just shows an extreme ignorance of things. And in fact, yes, wars will cease. God will stop wars. God will stop wars. And again yeah it comes comes okay what does the word of god say about all this well as the lord says in matthew 24 about how in the end of days that uh, there will be wars and rumors of wars and pestilences and plagues and famines and earthquakes and all kinds of cra crazy things all kinds of horrible things now we look at this stuff we then search the word of god to figure out why how why do these kinds of things occur well, in the end of days, as you see, as uh, we see, just as it, as it says, in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Noah. So go back to Genesis and look at the days of Noah. What does it say? It says that, that God was not in all their thoughts. The Lord had been rejected. That when you see a great rejection of the Lord, that God is kicked out of society, kicked out of the culture, kicked out of the government, kicked out of the schools, kicked out of science, kicked out of history, kicked out of everything. What happens when there's no love of the Lord? There's no love of anyone else. Sin reigns when God is removed. The wicked shall be turned to hell in every nation that forgets God. Now, this doesn't just mean as in hell, 
hell, like the place of hell. This means is also the ways of hell, which is the sin of hell, the darkness of hell, the hate of hell, the fire of hell. The societies will become a Sodom and Gomorrah as it was in the days of Noah. So they'll be hate, hating other people, the, the, the man's inhumanity to man, and despicable things and wars and, and pestilences, all these things, and taking advantage of people, and sin will just reign. That's what happens. So, the reason wars occur is because sin is loved more than God. Men love darkness because their deeds are evil. So, a sign of the times, as it talks about, uh, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. Could this be a sign of the times? You know, the whole war with the Ukraine thing? It could be. It may not be. But as we have always seen wars, but if you take a look at the nations, the cultures that go to war, where's the truth of Christ? Where's the truth of Christ? Where's the truth of Christ? Where's the love of God? Where's the love of the word of God in Russia and Ukraine? Where's the truth of Christ and the love of Christ and the love of the word of God in Iran and Iraq and Afghanistan and Britain and Germany and Sweden and the United States and Canada, Mexico and Spain and all the rest? Where is it? But you see, such a, such a pestilence of sin and abomination takes over the nations when God is kicked out of society and people start killing each other, harming each other, taking advantage of each other and all these things happen. Because, because people chose sin over God. All right. Um, Jules says, Ring Comfort is also a good example of how to evangelize. I've ordered the Evidence Bible to help learn. Um, yeah, as uh, Ray Comfort does have some good methods. Um, though I have said before on a previous broadcast, uh, be mindful of Ray Comfort as he is a works-based salvationist. He has, not that long ago, just actually more recently, has publicly declared that he does not believe in salvation by grace alone. He's a lordship salvationist. He believes that you have to work at repentance to earn your salvation. He's flat out said that. However, he does have uh, have good methods of how to use the Ten Commandments and how to use law to reveal sin, to show sin, all this stuff. He just doesn't uh, uh, he just doesn't proclaim the gospel clearly as Scripture teaches, as he is a workspace salvationist. So, but he does have good arguments and good studies on how to evangelize in that method to show sin and the need and and the need of the gospel. Um, I do believe he is a Christian. I do believe he's a Christian. He ju he's just gotten swayed and deceived off into a bad angle. I pray that the Spirit of God will reveal to him his error there. Uh, but I do believe he's a Christian. He's just deceived. He's just gotten deceived into something. So, that's all I'll say on that one. Um... So yeah, any other comments, questions, issues, insights regarding today's study? Please, uh, please go ahead, ask away. Be glad to hear from you. Um, so yeah, if you appreciate these studies, please give us a like, give us a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe, hit the notification bell icon. See how we put up new videos and check out all our other videos. We've got tons and tons of content. And if you want to know more about how to evangelize, how to witness, and, and, and uh, this kind of stuff, please check out our playlist 
evangelism and witnessing. They have a whole playlist dedicated to how, uh, teaching how to witness, how to evangelize. And if you want to know more about spiritual gifts, as we're talking about uh, today a little bit, about uh, the Lord helping you, guiding you, and about uh, learning how to walk in spirit and live in the, live in, uh, the spirit, check out our playlist, Spiritual Gifts. Uh, we've got tons of videos in that playlist all about spiritual gifts and what the Bible says all about it and how to rely on and how to live in and walk in spirit and what spiritual gifts are for today. So make sure you uh, take advantage of those as well. Um, okay, uh, Forrest says, can you explain what a living soul is? Is that the same as the three-part body, soul, spirit? Okay. I'm going to preface this by saying some uh, some disagree a little bit and that they switch it around on which is which is the meaning of soul which is the meaning of spirit but uh, as my study what I've come to understand I'm prefacing this by my opinion on this from my personal study on this I want to just clarify that as that uh, as we see okay we know what the body is all right okay so we know what the body is so body soul spirit the spirit, as you see in um, uh, throughout the scriptures, is always given in sense of energy, liveliness, the personal character of, like for example, when you see a bunch of puppies and one is bouncing around like crazy, you say that puppy has a lively spirit. Has a lively spirit. Spirit is the character, the personality. Uh, the energy of uh, that which shows the person uh, the personality of the soul now the soul as when our body dies we go on to be with the Lord it, it, I define it as the soul is your quotation marks body on the spiritual plane on, on the spiritual plane so when your body dies your soul goes on to be with the lord the soul is the spiritual body the spirit uh, which is manifested through your person when you're talking to people they see and you're playing games or whatever else they see the liveliness of your character personality your spirit and the spirit is connected to both body and soul so when you go to be in he when you're going to be with the lord and you're in heaven your character and personality without sin will be seen and, and, and known and you'll have your, your 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 singular uniqueness amongst all the people in heaven the spirit is the personality character uh, the nature of the person the soul is the body on the spiritual plane as what we see the physical body here on the physical plane so hope that makes sense all righty um so yeah so again folks there's so much with this study and there's so much I want to go into. Um, well, I don't want to overdo this. We've gone an hour 54. So the, the study today is about the wisdom and power of God. The wisdom and power of God. And it's not our wisdom. You see, years ago, it was shortly after I got saved, I wanted to get into ministry I wanted to get into ministry but for the longest time I had been convinced that 
go and get degrees and diplomas and education from theological uh, seminaries and schools and whatnot um, to be able to get into that because nobody will hire you you will not be able to work in ministry if you don't have degrees and diplomas and, and all that kind of stuff um, and that was a major downer for me because well one I didn't have the money for it two I have a bit of a learning disability and I, I just I, I knew that I would really struggle and I'd have a lot of trouble in going and doing that kind of thing I just didn't know what to do I was racked with such fear and worry and doubt and all this stuff and then um, and then uh, I was introduced to Charles Spurgeon Charles Spurgeon is what one of my uh, uh, one of my favorite people is uh, so inspiring to me Charles Spurgeon and Charles Spurgeon refused any form of ordination and then I was introduced to George Mueller a simple man who had a great faith and then I was reminded about the unlearned and ignorant men, the fishermen, the disciples of Christ. And the Lord challenged me on this, that, you know, I don't have to go and do any of that stuff. Just read it. Quote it. What does it say? Just stick with what it says. the wisdom of God versus the wisdom of men the power of God versus the power of men and, and they went everywhere preaching the gospel I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ they went everywhere preaching the gospel and the Lord working with them confirmed the word the Lord will draw the crowd he will build the ministry he saves the souls he convicts of sin he gives you the words he teaches you what to say he teaches you how to pray he causes you to be in remembrance he builds your memory he will be with your tongue he he will show the power it's not our power it's not our wisdom learning not to rely on yourself stop existing and what do i mean by that stop trying to draw attention to yourself it's not about you just be yourself just go just go go take no thought take no thought of what you shall eat what you shall drink what you shall put on take no thought of the morrow take take no purse no script no money don't you take shoes on your feet just go just go just go and i will be with you just go don't even worry about a thing just go start handing out the tracks just go quote the scriptures just go show them the love of christ just go pray for the saints pray for the lost just go live for the lord and everything that you do, even in eating and drinking, dwell to the glory of God. Your life will be richer. The riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. The riches. Just to dive into the riches. Immediately what comes up in my mind. I don't know if you ever, if when you were young, if you ever watched the cartoon uh, uh, DuckTales, you know, with Scrooge McDuck, when he has that huge, huge, huge vat of money and he dives into the money and he's swimming around in the money. 
but to dive into the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. But to dive into the riches. It's all there. It's all in front of you. It's right here. Dive into it. Dive into it. The life of Christ, the person of Christ, the power of Christ, the wisdom of Christ, and all things. All things. This is what it is. To worry not, fear not, fret not, care not. This is what it is. Um, so yeah. All right. Uh, so last question, then we'll wrap this up. Okay. Uh, Force says, what is a good audio of the Bible to listen to at night or at work? Alexander Scorby audio Bible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alexander Scorby's, uh, reading of the Bible. Um, I highly recommend that he, it, the, the way he reads is really good. He reads uh, very coherently, very clearly. Um, he makes it really easy to understand what he's saying, the way he reads it, and he has a really good voice for it. Uh, so I highly recommend the Alexander Scorby Audio Bible. So please check that out. Uh, Olga says, How do you avoid getting discouraged when people you witness to don't believe? Well, you see throughout the scriptures, uh, the prophets would go and warn the people and they wouldn't listen. Uh, Elijah getting discouraged and the Lord talking to him, how there are 7,000 others that have not bowed the knee to Baal. And, and, he, and Elijah got up and, and went and uh, Moses would get discouraged a lot. Uh, Paul got discouraged a lot. Jesus, not not that he got discouraged, but we see in the Gospels where Jesus was grieved over their unbelief. That's not a, it's, it. God can't get discouraged, but he sorrows and is grieved over their unbelief. Discouragement and being grieved and saddened by people's unbelief and refusal is going to happen, and it's a very real thing. But how to deal with it, how to handle it, is understanding that's their choice. And regardless what their choice is, I can't stop doing what I need to do. Uh, I do... My, my favorite kind of uh, evangelism is uh, stoplight preaching. That's what I do. I, that's what I've coined it as. I, I, coined, I coined it stoplight preaching. Where <clears throat> I stand at an intersection where they have the, the traffic lights. And I stand on the, uh, the main drag side. And I keep my message very short about the time that it would take a uh, from when the light starts going red to when it gets back to green so it's like a minute or whatever and then i just repeat the message over and over and over and over so the people that get stopped at the red light have to listen to me and they can't go anywhere and they're getting really mad and they're rolling up the windows and cranking up the stereos and everything else and they take off squealing their tires and trying to drown me out it gets fun but to see the anger the disgust the hate, the mockery, 
the name calling. People spit at me. Uh, people curse me out and everything else. But to see that constantly on and on and on and on and on and on. The thing is, as much as that's discouraging and that that's, you know, that can get you down. What you are doing is you're planting seeds. That person may go a mile down the road thinking about, about something that they heard you say. And they might have a Damascus Road experience. They might not hear you now. But you might get through to them later. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not the next day. But it'll stick in their mind and it'll be like pricks. Uh, Saul, Saul, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And you, you are sowing pricks in the minds of them. And they're hearing this. They might have a Damascus Road experience later. Or they might not. But the thing is, they've got to hear it. Even if they even if they never get saved and they die unsaved, they still have to hear it. And when they stand before the Lord on Judgment Day, it's not your fault. It's their fault. That is that they'll be judged for their unbelief. They rejected it. It's their fault. Their blood is on their own head. But the fact is, fact is, and the fact remains, they still need to be told. They still need to be told. Someone needs to tell them. Someone needs to go to Nineveh and warn them. Someone needs to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. God is not willing that any should perish, but God calls all men everywhere. That God, that, that God desires all to hear. God wants all to believe, but all have to hear. All are called. You are chosen. All are called. So we see the call goes out, goes out into the sea of people, and that one will listen. And out of the sea, that one will listen. And that one will listen, because they've softened their heart to it. And that they're listening to the pricks of the Holy Spirit of God working on their conscience. Discouragement is dismissing the work of the Holy Spirit of God. Bringing the onus upon yourself. They're not listening to me. They don't like me. They're not accepting what I'm saying. You've gotten in the way. It's not about me. It's not about my wisdom. I don't want them to remember me. That when they go down the road, I will be just a blur in their mind. And all that they'll remember is the words, the scriptures, the Bible verses. I want them to remember that. I don't want them to remember me. I couldn't care less if they curse me, if they hate me, if they don't like me. All I care about is, is whether or not they're listening to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if, even if they're not listening, it's still getting in their minds. All because they didn't click like on the Bible verse doesn't mean they didn't read it. All because they didn't click like on the video doesn't mean they didn't hurt it. They didn't hurt it. They didn't hear it. They didn't hear it. All because they're not agreeing with you right now and they're hating on you right now doesn't mean they didn't hear you. Doesn't mean it didn't get in their mind. Worry not, fear not, doubt not, care not, be anxious for nothing, sorrow not. 
What does it say? Say it. When the watchman on the wall sees the danger coming and, and warns the people, and they do not heed the warning, their blood is on their own head. Your hands are clean. But if the watchman sees the danger coming and does not warn the people, and they are attacked by the danger, their blood is on your head. So what I care more about and what, what worries me more is whether or not I'm doing the work. So there you go. Okay, Jewel says it took 20 years from my grandmother's death for the message to spread in me. So sad she tried so hard to witness to me. Praise the Lord. His time is different to ours. Right? And just as the Bible talks about he who is dead yet speaketh. He who is dead yet speaketh. What does that mean? The words of the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Spirit of God, still speak. You're praying for someone, you witness to someone, and you die? Your message of witness still lives on in them. You are still speaking to them, even though you're gone, because your message is still in their mind. That's what that means. He was dead yet speak. So your grandma witnessed to you. She passed away. She still spoke to you by that. You remembered what she said. They, uh, they, they were dead yet speak it. That's what that means. The witness of the testimony lives on. The witness of the testimony lives on. All right. So we got to wrap this up there. We've covered so much ground. Uh, uh, and uh, I hope that uh, you enjoyed this. Hope this has been an encouragement, help, and a blessing to you. As it was to me, just going over this again, this to, to remember nothing of me. It's all of him. Just as in our salvation, our salvation, nothing of me, all of him. And sanctification, walking in Christ, nothing of me, all of him. Witnessing and evangelism, nothing of me, all of him. Just remember that. Go, worry not, fear not, doubt not, care not, fret not, be anxious or nothing, sorrow not. Beauty of the Lord is his powers, his strength, his words. So there he goes. Hope this has been a help and a blessing. If you appreciate these studies, please give us a like, give us a thumbs up, and then make sure you subscribe, hit notification bell icon so we put up new videos and check out all our other videos as well as our website. It's got links to all our platforms and goodies and stuff. And if you want uh, to be able to have some tracks and stuff to hand out, they go to our website as we have free downloadable gospel track PDFs. So you can download it and, and uh, print them off, make them yourself, and it's all free. It's these tracks here. I've showed you that the other one, the Gospel of Jesus Christ, and it comes with the second one, the Deity of Jesus Christ, which proves uh, Jesus Christ is God from the Bible. So it's a great set. I call it the Double Barrel Gospel Track. Uh, they get two for one. And so uh, take advantage of that, hand those out, and if you have any questions, you can always contact us directly from the site as well. And we have playlists on witnessing and evangelism. We have playlists. Playlists. I'm tired. Playlists on spiritual gifts over on our YouTube channel as well. Make sure you take advantage of that. And again, if you have any questions, let us know. So with that, thank you so much for joining in. And uh, yeah. Okay, uh, Jewel says, where where to get a waterproof Bible? Oh, because I mentioned mine earlier. Now, this one was an investment. They're not exactly cheap, but it's great. as the, It's more of a uh, plastic pages. They're plastic. 
Uh, so they can't get wet, they can't get wrecked, and they, it's great for all weather. It's an all-weather Bible. Uh, I got this one. I know ChristianBooks.com has them. Amazon, you can get them. Uh, I researched a bunch of different brands, and some of them don't have very good ratings. This one, uh, Barden and Marcy Publishing. Barden and Marcy Publishing. Um, and uh, it's this one that comes in the mossy oak style. They, I think they just do the one style right now. I, I don't know if they brought any newer styles, but the mossy oak one, the Barden and Marcy Publishing. Look up that one. Uh, this is the uh, uh, waterproof Bible. And yeah, the pages are plastic, actually. So um, you can use it in any weather. And you don't have to worry about it getting wrecked or any of that kind of thing. It's great. A very good investment. So I recommend that. Um, but yeah, um, there's a couple of different websites. But again, some of them, are they, those sites get pretty pricey. Uh, you get them on Amazon or, or, or ChristianBook.com. I think that's ChristianBook.com, I think, is where I actually got mine. If I remember, I've had this one for a few years. Uh, you can get a New Testament, uh, uh, just a, a New Testament and Psalms. It comes with New Testament and Psalms. So it's not the whole Bible. Um, so yeah, check those out. Alrighty, so there we go. We're going to wrap that up there. So thank you so much for joining in. God bless you, folks. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love His Holy Word. Hope to see you again, folks. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless. Thank you.